Hello, everyone. Welcome to another um, episode and session of the Chris and Arash show. And uh, welcome, welcome, Chris, my co-host, co-creator here. Thank you, Arash, and welcome to you. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Great. So our, our topic is creativity. Let's uh, creatively dive into it. Yes. Um, I, I was going to start with what is creativity. Very good. I was very good kind of almost overwhelmed by that question. Um, Maybe we I, should start with what is it not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when, when, you know, when Einstein talked about how, you know, imagination is more important than knowledge, yeah. that to me points towards what creativity is, you know, where we can sort of amass skills, we can amass knowledge, you know, information can be stored in our brains, how to do things, but then there's some kind of synthesis that happens, some kind of magic happens, and and then we're starting to make connections that we didn't see before, or, or, or maybe the connections just kind of happen on their own to some extent. And, and I, that's I really what I would like call that. That, that creativity. That definition. And it's coming from a scientist who says this is more important. We would expect a scientist to say it's knowledge, facts, but no. Right. And one of the greatest scientists that, that ever lived. So, um, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And I think it's the, the creative aspect of it is to create something. And so uh, it could be something completely new. Or, again, it could build on previous things like you're saying, analysis, but also synthesis of coming up with a new perspective. And to me, um, like, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge skill. It's a really important skill to have yeah. and to develop. Yeah, I, th I feel it's always that sense of, you know, creativity being associated uh, often with artistic expression, mm -hmm. arts. Mm -hmm. But I think more and more, it's, it's becoming an understood thing that we don't move forward in any field or discipline without that you know like whatever knowledge workers it whatever it is you know at some point we're just going to get we'll be stuck in our own little you know whatever we're doing now but without those sort of creative leaps forward there is no growth or development so yeah and and there, there's two parts to it Absolutely. And there's two parts to it. Like there's thinking outside of the box, which is people talk about it, but they actually don't do it, especially no. when they say they're thinking outside of the box. I think they just fall right in it. But um, it's also like uh, employers supposedly are looking for, but then they say, no, here are the rules. Forget about that. You can't come up with your own rules. These are established. Um, but there's also the element of problem solving and where you need to be creative to solve it. And we, we often think it's just like, logic and based on information yes but what do we do with it and we've seen it with the pandemic where people had to be creative to come up with a vaccine that would work and it's not just following those rules and this is how we do it and let's continue going that path it's coming up with a new one and that is to me again creativity that's right and and i think and that's sort of yeah that's sort of the idea on one hand that you know, thinking outside the box, outside of the usual constraints. But in the same time, sometimes having new constraints will actually force us to see things in a new way. You know what I mean? Like, so even mm -hmm. with even with COVID, it's like, well, we don't have time to do all of the usual 
you know, processes. Is there another way? Yep. You know, like if the whole world just gets together, world scientists, and we were able to put together vaccines and things like that. So sometimes it's really having, it's almost like having a smaller box made us, mm-hmm. made us more creative mm-hmm. um, and, and realize that some of the old rules didn't really apply or did, we didn't really have to follow them. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, and I think that we do need, to me, creativity is something that does happen out of uh, sort of a certain need or, you know, as opposed to kind of pure freedom, you know, like mm-hmm. um, when I, you know, Leonard Cohen used to talk about how he still liked to have rhyming, you know, rhymes in his work because that would just impose that that, you know, certain amount of con- constraint that would make him more creative. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting that, that we sort of do need limits to push against or, or else it's just, there's nothing there to, to do, you know, it's just like. Exactly. Yeah. But also to have the flexibility that goes with it and say, okay, let's break some of those rules. And we see it uh, talking about creative arts. We see it in painting where we say, let's come up with a completely new style which then becomes formalized and established and then becomes again something that is uh, a rule and then you break that rule again. So it's it's kind of that that constant like feedback of like, okay, we're creating something new, it becomes part of the routine and then we go again. Synthesis, as you're saying, it's uh, again, bringing it all together. I think that's- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, as I was sort of preparing for this, I, one of the-, the interesting little experiments that kept coming up in various places was Frank Barron did an experiment because he's a big creativity researcher where he, there was a group of people who were sort of generally understood to be creative, you know, just Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And then others who were sort of just regular folks. And they would, he created these cards and some of the cards had very chaotic images on them and the others had very orderly designs. And, and the, the people who we think of as creative favored the chaotic I- images over the order and, mm-hmm. and the others were very much opposed to the chaos. And so out of that, you know, sort of this idea that creativity in part is embracing uncertainty and mm-hmm. that, that there is no creativity without challenging assumptions, without sort of saying okay i don't know let's let, let's jump into the to the gray zone you know um, i find that fascinating because wisdom is also related to uncertainty and dealing with uncertainty so we can see a combination of like a creative wisdom basically of of, of having that 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 confidence and uh that we can come up with things right that we have ideas to deal with the situation and so it's also our, our different brain states too. It's quite interesting as I was looking at it. So we have um, the uh, beta um, brain wave, which is our regular everyday logical thinking, but then it's the deeper ones that lead to creative um, flashes of inspiration and so on, which is um, uh, theta, which is related to mindfulness. And then we have also delta, of course, that is then, then deep, deep uh, getting into your unconscious basically or deep sleep. Um, but it's quite fascinating that while we are in this constant like thinking logically about things and like being alert uh, in, in the in the beta uh, wave, um, we are missing out on other perspectives and on creativity, whereas we have um, uh, where we're more relaxed, which is the alpha uh, brain wave, um, where we can see things perhaps also 
a bit more um, in a different way, maybe more with more compassion, with more empathy. And so I, I, I think that's quite interesting how uh, our brains are work. But when you're in one state, you basically, uh, especially in our regular state, uh, a beta, you're basically blocking creativity mm -hmm. in many ways. Right, for just to be able to kind of have that work a day, I've got nine things on my to-do list. <laughs> I need to go, you know, go pick up my my dry cleaning. That that sort of yeah. very uh, outcome based, very logical, and kind of dull <laughs> state of mind. Absolutely, absolutely. Get, just get shit done, basically. Yeah, I'm glad that you got us on the topic of sort of levels of consciousness related to creativity because to me that's sort of one of the most interesting parts of this and um you know one of the i love this this uh, i'm just gonna throw a couple of quotes here mm -hmm. um which is that where is it this is dave Chappelle talking to jerry uh, seinfeld and comedians you know getting coffee in cars talked mm -hmm. about oh, yeah, this yeah. Process. and he was saying that basically Sometimes he wakes up in the morning, he's like, I'm going to write a joke. I'm going to be super funny. And it doesn't happen. And mm -hmm. it's because he's like, because I'm not, he said that he's not in the driver's seat. You know, it's like the the idea is in the driver's seat. So sometimes he said, maybe I'm in the passenger seat. Maybe I'm in the trunk. Mm -hmm. But I like the trunk. You know, if I just get into the car myself and go, I'm driving today. I'm making, no one else is in the car. You know, nothing else is happening. And so what I thought that was so interesting, because it was sort of suggests a kind of, somewhat of a passive or receptive state, you know, for creativity, mm -hmm. that it's something that we are a, a kind of um, beacon or, you know, or something that's picking up the signals as opposed to, you know, willfully pushing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be super creative. And, uh, and I think that, you know, when we get into spirituality, which we've dealt with before on this podcast, you know, there is that level of stillness. Eckhart Tolle talks about this, you know, where where stillness is really where creativity comes from. And I, I really, I really believe that. And so I think but what we're talking about there are those those brainwave mm -hmm. or brainwaves that you mm -hmm. mentioned. Yeah, and, and if we go back Absolutely. If you go back in time, I mean, we have the muse. And so inspiration was something that you would be inspired that would come to you from outside. And, and it's, it's that kind of lack of control, if you like. And that's what, what Dave Chappelle is also referring to. It's like the ideas come to you. You're not like actively creating them. You, you will work on them, of course, but um, it's like a flash of inspiration. And we see it with Einstein who had his, his greatest, uh, moments when he was not working when he was not in that uh, that uh, brain wave where he's taking the elevator and it's like oh wait i got this or you know you're taking the train and you say oh look this is what's happening when you look outside of your window so um it's that kind of like re relaxation of, of the body and probably also of the mind and taking things slowly and then things come to you right and and it's probably i mean we not probably and but there must be some dynamic there where there is some activity and then at relaxation you know i think you know like where i was just reading again about somebody who who was i think again a scientist who would sort of work in terms of gathering data and doing all of that but at some point would sort of send a message to their unconscious and say you know here's the question 
And I'm going to keep reading, but I'm going to sort of let that unconscious. And then a few months later, the answer kind of comes like, uh, like, um, you know, Cricket Watson working on the double helix for how, you know, how the DNA is structured. The ulti- the double helix came as a dream, right? Like that mm-hmm. the image for, for, but it wasn't just out of nowhere. They had been working on it for a very long time, trying to imagine what it might be. And then the unconscious sort of does this, does this part. And, and, and they're able to sort of access that level of consciousness. The, the other part to me that I've all, that I thought is really interesting is just how close the word creativity and reactivity is, you know, like just a couple, one letter away from me. And, and, but they're kind of, to me, diametrically opposed. You know, I think that, that I know for myself, I've always struggled with creativity, like it, like maybe a lot of people who do anything creative. It's like you, you do a few things that are like, oh, cool. Like I, I did something that I was quite pleased with. And then you spend like the rest of your life trying to get back there. You're like, wait a minute. Why did it work once or twice? Why doesn't it just, why can't I just access that anytime? And I realized one of the things that I, I sort of strayed from the path was I became very intentional, willful, and reactive about creativity where it was very much like with David Chappelle's metaphor. Like I was just getting in the car and like mm-hmm. pushing on the accelerator, like, let's go. And it, and it just wasn't going anywhere. And I realized that reactivity is going to kill it every time, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're just merely like sort of reacting to what's around you as opposed to allowing yourself to be open and um, experience what's around you. And then from that, sort of creativity would arise, but it's not going to be you who's going to be pushing that. You know, it's, it's... It, it reminds me a bit of writer's block where we are, we're blocking exactly. that, that path to creativity. I want to go back to what you were saying earlier too, with like the quote, uh, nothing comes out of nothing, Parmenides, Parmenides, as well as of course, Shakespeare and King Lear, um, again, misquoting Shakespeare here, but um and I find that quite fascinating because that's that's exactly what you're alluding to. But we can push it in the in the kind of uncomfortable for some uh, uncomfortable direction of the creator and of somebody creating something. So that that there's like the the, the first mover if we if if we, if we go back to the existence of of of, of God of a spiritual entity. Um, but I find that also interesting, whether we believe in that or not, that this is the act of creation is emulating it, where we're, we're trying to bring something out of nothing, so to speak. Of course, it's not. It's based on our previous experiences and so on. But it is that that process. And that's why uh, it's it's so fascinating for us to to come up with things, because we are in a way and scientists do the same thing. Uh, we are playing God for a little mm. bit of time. That's right. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the really sort of exciting part of it, you know, is is that we are capable of these these leaps, you know, that where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's really great. And I and I think when we talk about those uh, accessing those those leaps and 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 accessing those levels of consciousness and all that one of the things we need to talk about are flow states mm-hmm. you know like being able to fall into that place where where things become effortless and it's almost like you you're not you're not the one who's doing it you're just sort of mm-hmm. in the flow and it's just happening 
and ideas are coming and it's just a just sort of enough that tension between effort and and you know what's what's required is exactly in that sweet spot where it's not too hard and and not too easy you're like a like a violin string that's been perfectly tuned you know <laughs> Um, and and, we and, and that's actually a, a mix of different brain waves. So where it's like a, a focused perception where you have the alertness, but you also combine it with that mindfulness and you create this this uh, transcendent kind of zone that they hear and now or again, flow or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what's great about that is it can be achieved sort of going back to what we were saying at the beginning is like, in so many different ways, not just merely making art, but in all kinds of, mm. you know, other fields or whatever we're doing in our work, this can be very creative. And then something that may be associated with creativity may not be creative at all, you know? And I, and I think this sort of one tangent I wanted to sort of go on is the idea of creative work, you know, where people so often would like to, to do something like a creative job, you know, like, oh, I wish that my, I was, you know, I did something that was more creative, but sometimes that ends up being, you know, like the big flashy, uh, like the example I, I'm thinking of is I read this interview with this fashion photographer and he was on location in Rome and it was very exotic, you know, and the best part of his day was that he had like a, like an hour break or a half hour break and he got to just walk around a little bit in the city and he had his like point and shoot camera and he took some shoot and then he had to go back to finish this this fashion shoot and he was just kind of burnt out on it and he had to do it for the client and he was just and I was like yeah that's that that must suck that she sort of wanted to have this creative job and then it turned out to be maybe a bit cookie cutter a little bit sort of you know having to meet the expectations of a client which could you know, could be very creative as well but I just feel like there's people should be warned about trying to chase the creative job and just to make sure you know exactly what the job description is going to be, you know, like if it's, if it's really going to be creative or is this going to be something that's going to be so demanding require using the tools of creativity, but not in any way that makes you feel fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. And even in creative work, I guess if, if you're making a movie, there's all these creativity that there will be clashes too, because you are seeing things differently than, let's say, the director or the screenwriter and so on. So it's also a, a collaboration too, uh, where you don't get your own way exactly yeah. the way you want. And that's, again, stifling your creativity in many ways. Yeah. And, and I know people who are like interested in writing you know, mm -hmm. maybe they take a copy, you know, copywriting job, at, you know, mm -hmm. in marketing or something. And, and I, and then they're kind of miserable because, you know, maybe it's not the job that they love. And it's like, well, it's sort of writing. It's like, but it's not. And I remember somebody told me, like a creative writing teacher back, way back in high school said, if, if, if someone's serious about being a writer, like just get a job that allows you to write, like, I mean, allows you to write on your own time, you know, so mm -hmm. something that gives you good work-life balance is, isn't overly demanding in terms of, you know, sucking you dry energy wise, and then go and do your creative thing, but don't, don't mix those things up, you know, because you're not, if you want to write a novel, being a copywriter isn't getting you any closer to that, mm -hmm. go drive a cab, 
you know like exactly it makes it worse probably because then you lose the the enjoyment you get the the passion for it and so like somebody like stanley kubik would say okay you know what forget about it i'm going to create my own production movie production company and so and and we see that currently also with uh, many people self-publishing and it does take a bit of an investment but then actually it's really the work you want to put out now for better or for worse but it's still your creative product and um, with creativity, it's also like it's quite subjective because there are we hear these stories of these great writers who don't get published and get rejected various times. And you think, what were they thinking? They're thinking themselves, the editors, what were we thinking? We missed out on our on our big shot. Yeah. And so it's something also um, uh, subjective, perhaps. Yeah. Right? And, and not and everybody think- sees creative the same way is, is what I'm trying to get across. That's right. And I think at some point you just have to decide why you're doing it. You know, you're just sort of doing it to do it. You know, like there's no, with, without, you know, you're talking about the sort of that beta level, or, you know, uh, outcome based today, I'm going to do these things. Well, that's not really going to serve you well for a, a lifetime of working in obscurity, but potentially doing something super creative and super that something that eventually is considered quite significant and important you know you're, you're going to need something a much a much freer kind of conception of 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 what what's the value in getting up day after day and and trying to write something that you know maybe only a handful of people will ever read so <laughs> but somehow you enjoy floating in that space of of creativity of invention of creating characters and um dialogue and so on and and well, and even even people who do get recognition, I mean, I, I've read so many interviews with with writers where it's sort of like they say like if you're writing because you want to get published, and you know these are published writers, like know that that high that goes along with with being published lasts a couple of weeks, a few months, you know, like and then you're just back to getting up in the morning and facing a blank page, you know, like. It, it doesn't change, you know, just because you have, it might even get even more stressful. Exactly. exactly. It gets worse because then once you have success, then you want to live up to it and you feel more pressured and then it becomes a vicious cycle. And again, you enjoy it less and less, as you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's an expectation suddenly that where it's like, oh, I wish that I was working my first novel again, where nobody cared what I did and I was free to do whatever I wanted to. So, so it really kind of had that, the, the, the pleasures of creativity have to come down to something very basic in terms of it's you getting up and just being creative <laughs> without any expectation, without any thought of anything beyond that. Um, and I think that's why we see the the rise of podcasting too, because there is like, this is a creative expression and I, I don't, there is no outcome here. It's like, yeah, we to have people listen in and, Maybe not. They're not, but we're still doing it, you know. So, so that kind of drive because it gives us pleasure, and I think that's that's hugely important. And but when we look back to flow, um, what's quite interesting in that state is that we basically and uh, athletes go through it uh, as well on like basketball courts and uh, on, um, on the ice and hockey and so on. And they are talking about a state that is does not include the ego it's basically kind of like transcending that part and i find that quite fascinating because it's like it seems that um 
again, it's a completely different zone where you're at your best when the ego does not get in the way of commenting mm-hmm. on things, of criticizing you, of blocking you. You just go with that flow, and that's when you're at your peak performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then even though it's sort of you get into that state and you're in that egoless state where you're at your best, and then it's possible that 30 seconds after you're done, the ego comes flying back in and go, what are the great? But but that's just the name. We, we can't sort of get away from that necessarily, but that's just the way. And then later, maybe that that ego does get in the way. You know, next time because oh my god, I'm so super great, and then and then there's that interference, and it might even become more difficult to to get back into that flow state. But but in terms of writing or or, or creating uh, content, I think that's that's quite useful to tap into it and then have the ego and come and take a look at it and see oh this is what I've created in that state. So that's like uh, things where you just free free writing where you write anything that comes to your mind, and um, often it's not very good right and that's okay but then there's like one like interesting thought you like oh i let my creativity flow and there are these like moments where you say oh this is something that i could mm-hmm. develop this is something that could become something much bigger that i hadn't thought of mm-hmm. yeah just to shift a little bit one of the things that i find interesting in terms of how creativity is perceived <clears throat> there's a kind of a positive side to this and a cynical side to this. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs had a a quote, which is creativity is just connecting things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sort of almost minimizing what it is. And then I forget who it is that originally said, um, you know, amateur artists borrow, real artists steal. (laughs) And, And then, um, and then I have one more here from Einstein. The, the secret to creativity is knowing how to hide your sources. So, so you know, and it's it's a, maybe to some extent that idea that sort of nothing is really new. Everything is a kind of a reconstitution or a remix, but it's it's cre- it's the creativity comes from combining things in new ways, and some of that is what we would really feel truly creative. And some of that is you just know like two two more things than your audience. You know, sometimes like when you get as you get older and you hear, you know, somebody covering some some song from from the 90s and they're like, this is such a great song. It's like, yeah, but it's not that was created by someone entirely different. And they, you know, or you know, that there's a lot of just sort of sometimes as you get to know some uh about a particular kind of art like be it like digital art and photoshop or something like that you go oh actually that's real not that hard to do they just know how to do this thing and they combine it with other other thing oh okay so is it, it a it, kind it, of smoke and mirror sometimes but yeah but no less creative uh-huh. you know? no I, I mean this is really like odd but what comes to mind is uh under pressure that became uh, Vanilla right. Ice's uh, famous song, and I think actually, uh, even though in terms of talent, like you know, you have David Bowie and Queen who are much more talented, I think the Vanilla Ice one is actually better because he, he's taking it and he's taking it into rap territory, which is again uh, quite unheard of and that that kind of thing. But but talking going back to um, Einstein, I mean, he um, his wife 
was very or ex-wife was very influential in a lot of his uh, theories and i find it interesting that i i didn't know that quote but it's like purposely kind of cutting her out of the deal and just taking all the credit and uh, that kind of made me think that a lot of the people that we consider geniuses are again taking borrowing from others or stealing as well and not giving them credit and we see right. that with uh, various like people we admire and i think that's a lack of honesty there too because they're afraid of being seen as less if they uh, reveal their sources and say well guess what this baker just gave me an idea today and that's why i came up with my great theory and we want to um not show those sources to get more credit guess, um you know there's a kind of what's the word about it like you know there's sort of when I talked about that sort of real art as damage art, it's like there's a kind of a, a, a modesty that goes along with the amateur artist. And there's a kind of, um, what's the word for it? Like complete, you know, you, you want to make this work, this, uh, you want to make this work and you're going to do it at any cost. You know, you're just sort of relentless and you're like, here's what I'm doing. And I'm not going to explain how I did it. I'm not going to give anything yeah, away. I'm yeah. not going to, to sort of um, belittle myself in any way. And, and I'm gonna be sort of the consummate performer who, who, or consummate magician who, who doesn't give away the tricks. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I think, I mean, I think part of it is, I, I know the, the writer Chuck Palahniuk, you know, who did Fight Club. Mm -hmm. I, 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 like, I like his work, I don't like everything, but I, I, some of it I think is great. And I've heard him say about his work that he's, he sometimes feels less of a writer and more of a kind of journalist in the sense of cobbling together things, you know? <laughs> and so like within Fight Club, that a lot of the really outrageous bits and pieces he's, are actually just based on anecdotes and things that he heard, you know, like rendering fat from, rendering soap from human fat, things like that. <laughs> Those were just things that he heard about, you know, it didn't just come out of his imagination. So he he sort of minimized it, but in the, but in the same time, that's a fact that's available to a lot of people. He's the one who's able to put it together into yes, this yes, amazing novel. It. Yeah, give it a unique spin, right? And and uh, I saw an interview with uh, Sting many years ago where he says, well, in terms of music, everybody is stealing from the other person. I mean, you have uh, Bach and then you have Mozart stealing from him and Beethoven stealing from them. And it's it's kind of like, it's acknowledged and, and people know it. And so as somebody who comes from the teaching profession and we think of plagiarism, for them, it's seen as perfectly normal. And you, you're taking the other person's work and you are basically uh, improving on it or commenting on it and so on. And we had that with uh, um, the previous notion in, the, in medieval times where they would take a book, but they would not just transcribe it, but add their own bits to it and completely changing the original work and which was seen as as fine back then. Right. There was no authorship. Mm -hmm, there was no exactly. author. There was yeah. just a floating text that was just sort of being redacted and added onto. Kind of like now. Wikipedia, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Now we're back. We're back to that. Um, just something that I kind of wanted to get back to so that we don't lose it. When you were talking about, you know, those my those levels of consciousness those brain waves and all that and where where creativity comes from one of the things i find really interesting is the gradual um moving away from the idea of left and right brain 
you know, that, that we used to have this very strict kind of right brain was associated with creativity, left brain was more the analytical side. I, I think that. that's more seen as a myth now with like that's, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. completely and it's so I'm angry point. because like all these years I was taught this and now I say, no, guess what? It wasn't true. And so that, that happens with science where it's like oh, I know. <laughs> it always, but it always seemed like a very sort of I was very suspicious about it because mm -hmm. it just struck me that in any kind of endeavor, you're gonna need a bit of both, you know, mm -hmm. like there's no there's no you don't create art without some analytical skill. You know, it's not just complete chaos and and pure, pure expression of the of of emotion or you know. So you know, music is extremely mathematical. You know, so yeah. like if you're a musician, you're definitely drawing on on you know a very sort of analytical left brain type of activity. And yet, of course, you also need to have all of those creative things. And so that I was just watching something before this today, and it was. And there was apparently now they can they've identified over 40 parts of the brain that are associated with creativity and they're scattered across the brain. You know, they're not, not they're not concentrated in the left or the right. And then when you have artists who have some uh, uh, suffer any kind of brain damage, then just like, you know, the neuroplasticity of the brain, other parts of the brain take over. You know, so there's <laughs> really that that whole left right brain thing is out the window. And I love the idea that creativity cannot be so easily reduced down to like, Oh, left, right, right brain. You know, like, yeah. And it, it goes down to, it's not just about knowledge. Like what Einstein was saying, it's the connection that you see the connectivity between the parts. It's not just, okay, this is all the things I know. And that's become outdated. That kind of idea is like, Oh, I have knowledge. And we say, yes, but what are you going to do with that knowledge moving into the territory of wisdom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think moving also, I mean, I think with knowledge, as we grow a, a body of knowledge, we become very focused on, you know, what is what is correct and what is wrong and, and a very kind of pass-fail sort of approach to, to experience. Whereas creativity, I think, you know, doesn't happen without experimentation and just being completely embracing failure, you know, just that... Mm -hmm. Is constantly, you know, the 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 Beckett quote about you know try again, fail again, fail better, you know, mm -hmm. like just be, and and it's sort of a kind of attitude that doesn't always mesh with you know a corporate success. Let's say, <laughs> you know, like, you're you're given a deadline and 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 say, well, you know, we tried and we failed you know, 20 times, but things are getting really interesting. <laughs> it's probably not something that, that most, you know, CEOs want to hear, but it's actually the way that, that really amazing things are, are, are come about. Yeah, exactly. And that stops growth because if you're not taking, and I, I actually put down risk-taking related to creativity, because I think that is, yeah, you're out in a limb and you're just trying to figure out things and you will get it wrong, of course. But that's the whole benefit of it. But again, as you're saying, people are afraid of that, whether it's in terms of losing money or in terms of losing like prestige and uh, and people don't talk about it. And that's, again, they're not only hiding the sources, they're also hiding the failures. And we think it's coming naturally to them, but we don't see the amount of work and effort it took to get to that point. 
There yeah, is no I mean, overnight success. I was watching right. the uh, Beatles uh, documentary, uh, Ron Howard one, uh, about them touring. And they were like, you know, they were working hard. And they were actually at a point of like almost giving up. They're like, this is not working out. They were in, in the, this like hotel room that didn't have a, a washroom. And they're like, you know what, let's just give up. And and it's 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 kind of like amazing that they still continued. And amazing of with retrospect, with hindsight, this was such a crucial moment, but it didn't give up. Mm-hmm. They went on. And why did they go on? It's probably intuition. It's probably that part. It's like, no, keep keep going. Don't give up. Don't stop now. Right? Yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, that definitely there had to be that commitment. But I also think uh, a quote I really like from Elizabeth Gilbert is about, uh, you know, what is a creative life? And she says that creative life is one that is driven more by curiosity than fear. And, and I think then that one is a really big one because sometimes when I sort of think, well, what is creativity? What's another word for creativity or what's, what's prime, maybe one of the prime drivers for, and I think curiosity is, is a really Mm, good neighbor Mm -hmm. to it, sort Mm -hmm. of adjacent sort of where you don't really have, and curiosity, you can't really be afraid and curious in the same time. I don't think, or, or, or one would be, have to be kind of dimmed, you know, you, and, and it's, and I think with curiosity, you can, it's not saying good or bad. You're just like, just want to know what's going to happen yeah, next, yeah, you know? And I think yeah. sometimes when, when people are interested in an idea, they're not saying it's, oh, this is the idea that's going to take me to over the top. It's just, I'm just, just curious. I just wonder what this is. I just want to stay with it long enough to see where yeah. it goes. Yeah without any judgment about it. And I think that one, that, that curiosity is sort of the ground zero for, for creativity. And Mm -hmm. I know if I'm super blocked in in anything I'm doing creatively, I'm like, okay, stop thinking about how terrible it is or how great it might be. What, what about this idea just interests me? Like, what is it that I'm curious about? And, And if the answer is nothing, then it's time to put it away and, and do something else and, and wait for something that we are curious about. And I want to look at the downside of creativity because we all talk about the good things. And I, I really like what you mentioned here because curiosity and fear cannot coexist. I completely agree with that. But creativity and fear can. And this can make it difficult because what you do is you are creative in your fears. You are creative in your criticisms of yourself. So it can, it can also backfire in terms of uh, in terms of anxiety too and i think uh, people who are creative do suffer from it perhaps for a reason because they're there are being creative with their fears they're creative with their fears so <laughs> unpack this a bit more what, what how do you mean <laughs> so it's it's because you are a, you have a creative mindset and uh, you probably also have more sensitivity because uh, you know and that would could lead it in in being again um, um, not necessarily re- realistic with things, and we see it also in terms of media, where there are quite creative. I must say, in terms of creativity, there are some theories and these conspiracy theories uh, that are incredibly creative, but they're completely outlandish as well. So that is to me the negative side, where it's it's not balanced with reason or we are magnifying the the darker parts uh, within ourselves. Yeah, I, I see. I see too. Yeah, I know. Like, 
when when I think about like doing really super heavy psychedelic drugs like ayahuasca, mm -hmm. one of the things that holds me back is I know how good my own mind is at torture. There you go. That's it. And mm -hmm. and when people say that they're presented with all kinds of horrific images in their minds, I'm like, oh, that's definitely going to be my trip. Like I'm definitely my 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 mind knows best what will freak me out. And and it's pretty good at creating those images, and I I, I just wouldn't want to go there, um, and I yeah and I, and I agree that sometimes having a very sort of overactive imagination mm -hmm. is always yeah. always make for, uh, but it can be channeled. It can be, and that's why I mean the the amazing paintings that we admire, um, we say oh this is beautiful. It's like no, this was my state of mind. This is how what I was seeing and what I was feeling, and. And so um, even somebody like Picasso and you, you look at it and you look at the work and there's a lot of like um, negative side that is coming out. It's uh, kind of using it, uh, using the canvas to, to, to paint your fears. And whether it's also in movie making where the ones who are most outlandish, we say we celebrate them and uh, they could have been serial killers in, in if things, circumstances had been different uh, when it comes to them. Yeah, I mean, the, it, the, on one hand, sort of these images are very horrific, but on the other hand, it's a way of making friends with those, mm -hmm. those yes. and, and sort of befriending death and, and, and all kinds of fears and, mm -hmm. and taming them by, by sort of casting them in our own, our own inventions, our, our own creations. As opposed and to transcending them in that way, because you are liberating yourself uh, from these things, from these impulses, but in a, a productive way, in a beneficial way, because others can benefit from it as well, instead of creating havoc and destruction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now just to go kind of another way, which is, you know, this is imagination. We're being very creative here. This is the most creative session <laughs> right. we've had, which is perfect. Yeah, just keep going. I'm not stopping. But the other one that I wanted to touch on also was the idea that, you know, we we, we sort of think of, oh, some people are creative, some people aren't. Um, oh, but point. Or maybe creativity is something that gets developed in some. But then there's also this idea that creativity is our natural state and it's just being civilized and being you know, shut into a 40 hour work week, you know, sort of strips that from us, but that in our most natural state, we are all creative. I somewhat agree with that, but I think it's like we have more control over it than we think. And I think the danger for me, the opposite of creativity is um, kind of blind conformity. And we see that and where people just like, okay, this is what you're saying and I'm going to blindly follow you. And I think these people, um, I don't think they, I think they might have creativity, but they are afraid of using it. And I think that's when fear and creativity can, uh, can work together, but then the fear would be stronger and you won't develop that creative side, that unique way of seeing things. And you're just too afraid of speaking up, for example. That's and right. you go with the norm. And I think that's the, the, the danger. And it's um, uh, understandable, but it's also, uh, it's, it's the comfort zone. It's also laziness. It's also, I don't have to think of a new way of doing things because, well, it's already established. So I can just, you know, take it easy. Yeah, I'm just looking at a quote from Picasso. Every mm. child is an artist. The problem is staying an artist when you grow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and I find it quite interesting because something that uh, um, children have, and imagination, of course, but they also have this, this way of magical thinking where they believe in things that don't exist. And we lose that because of our, again, like you're saying, of our upbringing, civilization, education. But I think it's hugely important for creativity to keep that part of ourselves alive. And not only for that, but also for seeing things differently and being able to tap into that instead of just having like one way of doing things. And that's, that's what's actually being promoted throughout the world, which is terrifying of just having one point of view without being able to see things from different perspectives. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And, and also I think trusting that, you know, mm -hmm. we are, yeah our best source for that, you know, yes. or, that, or that we could be a source for that because we get so kind of deadened and numbed by, you know, all of the, everything on our phones and social media yeah, yeah. and all of these often very commercialized, creative, you know, commercialized creativity where it's sort of, it's not creative unless it's some, some movie that has, you know, special effects or it's, it's some Great really point. fancy like Instagram post. And we're like, well, I don't do that, you know. Like, I outsourced all my my creativity to to the world, and I don't produce any creativity myself anymore because I don't it, do that. And it's like that, but it, it that that's I think you know, that's sad when people sort of give yes, up on themselves. Yes. yes, it's very sad. And uh, when we look at our DNA and uh, and the way we look and the way we think and the way our experiences, we're unique in the world. So that means if we share our own perspective, unfiltered from all the other stuff, we will come up with a unique voice. And we see that those are the artists we like the best. They have their own style or they, in terms of music, in terms of filmmaking, in terms of writing, in terms of painting, because they tap into their that unique potential that's there and, and really like went that path. Whereas others who are just copying it, they're replaceable, right? That's right. Um... Sorry, I'm just looking at the. Uh, I'm I'm just seeing the the rest of the Steve Jobs quote that I had earlier about okay. creativity just connecting things, mm -hmm. and so the rest of it is when you ask creative people how they did something, they feel a little guilty because they didn't really do it, they just saw something. It seemed obvious to them after a while. So it's sort of a little less cynical than than in person seemed that. That again, that sort of sense that that creative people have this recept receptivity about them, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah. and can kind of are are you know sort of passive yeah passive re recipients to it, and then they bring it to us. They they know how to package it. They know how to do the work, but ultimately there's something just about being open to this creativity, mm -hmm. and yeah. and that's again the same idea that if you are given up on yourself as a possible receiver then you're just never going to hear that that voice or or have mm -hmm. that which we are all capable of at least a little bit and and you know and i and i you know people talk about you know they're, they're creative in their their cooking or or whatever mm -hmm, and i think mm -hmm. that's totally that's totally valid you know and mm -hmm. Maybe the, my younger self would have been a little bit like that's not creativity, but I see it now, especially when it's something that people do kind of for others, you know, like when they find some way of bringing value to other people's lives in a new and surprising way, 
but it's also unique because that that pie you know that this person makes is different from all the other pies you've had you know so it's it's that that in terms of cooking again that is yeah. that and we we can expand it to to anything that we can expand it to teaching we can expand it to a, a medical doctor and so on a psychiatrist psychiatrist it's just their their unique way of of doing things that is the creative expression and um to to go back again re being receptive i think yes hugely important I, i've i've been open to various um uh, ways of thinking in terms of um, um psychology and psychiatry and so on but there are certain parts that i like and also religions too there's certain parts that i like and then certain parts i don't and it seems like heresy to say oh no i don't accept the full package but what i've created for myself that i'm again want to share with other people is a unique way of putting all of those things together the best parts and being able to help others and to reach um healing to reach a connection with your true self, which has worked for me and which is, again, I'm the experiment. And so I, I instead of just falling into saying um, psychoanalysis is wonderful, let's all do it. Yes, but it has its limitations. And it, again, when I say that, people say, well, whoa, what are you talking about? No, it's perfect. And no, it's not. And that I think the, the, that's where creativity could also really help build on something. That's already good to make it even better. Mm. And, then, and then sort of following on that, I think there's there's creativity sometimes in merely making a space that is amenable to creativity. You know, like as teachers, you know, we both taught that um, English 99 course where, where people were, would do a couple of weeks on a different disciplines. And there was one about English literature where they had to kind of try to understand metaphor and things like that. And a lot of students were like, oh, I... I don't do literature. Like I can't, my mind doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And the challenge for us was to create a kind of space where people would feel kind of relaxed enough or, or see, be able to sort of allow themselves to be in a more creative state. And I think that in itself is an act of, of creativity. And I got a quote here from Einstein again, creativity mm -hmm. is contagious, pass it on. Mm -hmm. And, yes. and I think that's that is something where you if you when you're around creative people, it can be very intimidating on one hand, you know, if they're, you know, they're awesome works and it's like, oh, I could never do that. But then it could also if you let yourself, I think, sort of go, oh, wait a minute, you know, that's just a human being being creative. That's another mode of being that that is probably accessible to me on some level. So. And at some point it's cooperation, but in other points it's like conflict and competition. And uh, I, I think the best example, again, to do another example we talked about earlier, would be the Beatles with Lennon and McCartney, because they were at their best when they were together, when they were fighting with each other, they were coming up with things. But then when they separate in their solo careers, and we see that often, it just it was good, right? But it's not the same. That's missing that spark. And and like you're saying, yes, creativity is absolutely contagious. And it might awaken creativity within us, or we might want to do better with them. And I remember uh, um, when I watched great films and uh, just like inspired and or read great books, and it's like, I want to do something, whether it's the same format or not, but I want to do something creative because that awoke something within, moved me, resonated with me in, 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 in different ways. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's also how we choose to experience something. So, you know, maybe we look at a piece of art and we are, we feel a lot of envy 
and we feel like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah. But or you could feel inspired and say, oh, that that makes me realize that that's a that's that's a possibility. Like that's something that can be done. And it's the same experience. We just sort of shift our reaction to it. And I think it's it, it goes back to, again, the geniuses where we think it came easy to them. It's like it didn't take any effort. They were inspired or they just because they're brilliant. And we don't see if they would if they were open enough to talk about their struggles. And I just love watching biographies about them and somebody like Picasso, too, where, where they talk about the whole process. I have so much more admiration for them. But at the same time, I see, wait, it's possible not to that level, perhaps. Again, we want to be realistic, but it's possible if we do the work and that kind of the growth mindset of no, you're not born a genius necessarily, or if you are born, good for you, but you still have to develop the, the craft. It's not like automatic. That's right. I, I really like, um, you know, like Louis C.K.'s story where he went like a decade without mm -hmm. really any, you know, I think he was living in his car at some point mm -hmm. and he hated his own material. Like he, you know, the work that he, like mm -hmm. just his whole approach to it was, you know, he was a very, sort of very basic you know observational comedian and it was very very light and and he would do corporate gigs and he was just always coming away going eh, i suck and then it was sort of the day that he sort of started talking about how miserable he was uh, you know, he sort of just took that chance and just got really kind of raw and real about how much how, how bad his life was and then that was sort of the turning point. But then everybody was like, oh, an overnight success. We've never heard of yeah. you. And it's like, yeah, 10 years to be an overnight success. Yeah. Um, and so it is important for us, I think, to know that, you know, some great, great art, whatever, always looks easier than, than it, you know, yes. it's supposed yes. to look easy, right? Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but in the same time, yeah, we can be inspired by the fact that, well, they suck too at one point. That's where we, we all have to start there. Or even when, when you had George Harrison who made when he was on his own and he had the comeback uh, album and it's like coming back. I've always been here. It's just like now you're noticing me. And and that kind of level, it's like it's continuous. And it's it's sometimes hard to also know if our stuff is good enough and we have misperceptions we might think it's brilliant when it's not or the opposite as we, it's actually very good but we're so critical of ourselves that we don't see it that way and yeah. we have to keep that in mind yeah. yeah i think for me one of the biggest lessons is how contextual the value of any sort of creative endeavor can be where mm -hmm. you know an image you know photograph in one context can be seen as like a huge accomplishment and and quite you know quite progressive and oh, this is great and then in somewhere else it just completely falls flat and has no you know just doesn't have any currency you know and, and even over time things kind of kind of taste change and how we perceive a, a work of art changes mm -hmm. and it's almost you know like does it have any intrinsic value probably not it's only got the value that's 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 kind of based on a kind of, you know, of the moment, or, you know, a relationship that you have with others and with, with that piece. And I think the successful artist can just roll with that, you know, yeah, yeah. and the one that, that, that doesn't get stuck on some early success <laughs> or something, 
and then you know the next thing they do doesn't have this doesn't receive the same kind of accolades and then it's like they just sit there going you never you you, you know my my early stuff is so great you don't get it or whatever <laughs> oh yeah 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 and and it's just you got to just constantly reinvent yourself got to constantly let go of whatever was yesterday's big ego thrill <laughs> and you just back down to ground zero where you're just trying trying something I, I just think of like uh, um, when uh, Beethoven finished his third symphony and the uh, Roika and he's like, he was disappointed with Napoleon. He was, he was celebrating him and he almost like, I think he was thinking of destroying it. And he said, no, I'm just going to change the title. And I, I, I think that's been, and I think we, we need to hold on to stuff when, when creative people are destroying the previous work, I say, don't do it, you know, or, or anybody give it a shot. It might be good or it might not be good. It doesn't matter either way, but, Give it a shot and throw it out there and let other people decide too. And we might think it's great, but they disagree or the other way around as well, as we were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, risk taking is, is mm -hmm. in creativity will probably pay off in some way, you know, like it's probably, and, and the, the stakes are never quite as high as we think. Exactly. They are. Exactly. You know, it's not great. Nobody's going to die here if, if you get ridiculed for your, for your art a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you don't there's know. always the chance of a comeback, you know, and I, I, I see it with like, let's say our filmmakers too, where they have great film, but they never live up to it. I'm just waiting. It's like, okay, maybe the next one. And that, that's kind of interesting too. It's like, you have that, that hope is like, they will get back on track to their previous like stardom and glory or they don't either way. It's fine. As long as they're happy with what they're doing too, you know, we don't have to be happy there the the artists themselves like i'm happy with this i lose a lot of money who cares but i enjoyed it and i think that's that's also very important that counts as well whether it's good or not is a different issue in many cases too yeah i always i always give people marks for for the attempt for trying <laughs> yeah you get like for a, trying to be creative yeah <laughs> yeah you know as opposed to just doing the same thing and and even with myself i'll say well well that wasn't that great but hey that's really awesome that you that you set aside an afternoon to try that. And and who knows if that's going to not lead to the success. Like you're not going to get anywhere if you're not taking yeah. those, those leaps. And, and, and the worst thing is when you are, as, as in terms of teaching, when you get this like awesome creative essay that has nothing to do with uh, what they're supposed to do. And I feel kind of bad. It's like, okay, there were some points for creativity, but you still fail. Right. But uh, it's also seeing that. And again, your creativity, maybe you need to apply to something else. Maybe it's not in that field or they don't acknowledge it or appreciate it enough. So uh, to keep that, to be creative about that as well. Yeah. And you're not going to find out unless you do kind of flail exactly. a little bit and just keep, yeah. keep trying stuff wherever you are. Okay, well, so we're, we're almost out of time, and this yes. was the, the wildest one we've had, we've had. I think the most creative one, which is which is which perfect, is appropriate, and <laughs> exactly appropriate. And um, yeah, thank you so much for for engaging with me in this discussion and creativity, sure. and uh, hope to have um, comments from people or even uh, suggestions for if there are any specific topic you would like us to talk about, because. Um, Again, we're trying to be as creative as possible, but then maybe others have also great ideas and uh, would love to do that too. All right. Have a good Thank day. Thank you everyone. very much. And uh, we will see each other soon. Take That's care. That's right.